0: Yeah. it is friday october 9th here in draft shark studios in rochester new york welcome to our week five fan duel podcast i'm your host Matt Schauff. with me as always are tyler syracuse and jared smola and this podcast is sponsored by our partners at fanshare sports Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com, and you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. Jared... You tied up Tyler at two wins apiece with a week four victory in the shark duel. Papa Smo, please tell us what your
1: keys were to that victory. I don't know. It's Fando. I don't, like I said, I don't spend a whole lot of time. I just throw this thing together and try, try to take a few bucks from you guys. Yeah, um, I spent my lineup and it
0: scored <laughs> more points.
1: I don't know. I, I played Dak Prescott again. He's on pace for like 7,000 passing yards. I was the only one to play him. I was the only one, pl- only one to play Mike Evans. And he came through and then I was the only one to play Ronald Jones. Um, I think, you know, those were kind of the keys we talked about Jones on DraftKings being the key to you winning that one. I think he was kind of the key to the week to, you know, get the savings um, and the points on him.
0: Yeah. We each had Brandon Cooks. He zeroed out for us. Your Mike Evans and DK Metcalf basically canceled out my Amari Cooper and Hunter Renfro otherwise. And it was Daryl Henderson's awful workload that dragged me and Tyler down here. I don't think my decisions were terrible overall, but I did prefer Ronald Jones to Daryl Henderson as a player last week. I think I let the defense running back stack idea factor into my thinking too much. If I had just played the Rams defense and Ronald Jones, instead of saying, oh, I'll play the running back with the defense, I would have been in much better shape, not only here, but in other places as well. Tyler, any takeaways from your lineup?
2: Well, I really messed up the running back position by playing Kenyon, Drake and Darryl Henderson. And then I talked about on the lineup review on Monday, uh, you guys kind of talked me out of Odell Beckham and cash. So, That's what really uh, ended up screwing me over.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's what we do here. You come join us Friday. We'll talk you out of your good plays. And then on Monday, join Tyler for his lineup review, and you can commiserate with him uh, over Periscope. We'll all be back at it this week for round five of the Shark Duel. We will show you who we're playing against each other in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com come Saturday morning. I clearly need to step up my reverse jinx game here. So I'm going to point out that I am the lesser player, and you should definitely totally ignore the lineups that I post in the Shark Duel. For now, though, Jared, please start helping me
1: with a cash QB pick. For me, it's either paying all the way up for Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, it's, it's Mahomes at home for the Raiders. I don't think we need to say much there. Or going down to Teddy Bridgewater for 7100 bucks. And I think what you do there depends on whether or not you want to play Zeke. And I think Zeke's a good play. I don't think he's a must play this week because there's some there are some other good running back plays that we'll talk about. Um, but Bridgewater at 7,100, I think you know he makes sense. I mean, he, he's played well all season, really. He's sixth in the NFL in passing yards, just 23rd in passing touchdowns. So he still has some positive regression coming there. And he gets this Atlanta defense on Sunday. Um, Football Outsiders has the Falcons 31st in pass defense. They're dead last and Fando points allowed to quarterback. So good matchup for Bridgewater, good price and again, you know, he lets you fit
2: Zeke into your lineup.
1: Tyler, what do you like here?
2: I think if I'm going to pay up, it's going to be Lamar Jackson. We talked a lot about on the DraftKings podcast how we love the spot for the Chiefs offense this week with the 34-point implied team total, but Jackson finished as the QB1 and QB2 going up against that Bengals defense last season. I know he was on the injury report this week with a with a knee ailment and then a stomach bug, but you know I'm pretty sure he's going to be out there. He's going to be running around with the Chiefs. You know I'm going to have Ceh, and then I'm I'm probably leaning towards Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. So if I already have two of the Chiefs options besides Mahomes, I feel like I don't need him in cash. And then playing Jackson gets me exposure to to that game as well. So I'm probably if I'm going to pay up, it's going to be Jackson over Mahomes. And he's $100 cheaper. I mean, we might not need the $100, but that's just another reason why I'm leaning uh, Jackson and cash over Mahomes this week. I'm certainly not going to speak out against either of those guys, but I think Dak Prescott's right with
0: them, 8,700 bucks. I mean, there are also several options. Jared, you mentioned Teddy Bridgewater. If you want to go cheaper, if that build is working better for you as you're looking at building your lineups, Teddy Bridgewater, 7,100, Gardner Minshew, 72. Ben Roethlisberger at 74, I think is in play. Probably more GPP because – there's nothing to really separate him from the less expensive versions that we named right there. So I think all those guys are in play along with the expensive ones that we mentioned. On the GPP side, I think Dak and Gardner Minshew are in my plans here. Neither look likely to climb too high on the ownership scale. Dak's coming in lower than you would think based on his production so far because of all of the options, including Daniel Jones, that people are willing to play this week. I think Gardner Minshew is a safer option than Daniel Jones and going to come in at lower ownership, just as much ceiling. I think you can play Darius Slayton or Evan Ingram to get the Jones juice if you want that in your lineup. And, you know, you can do that with Gardner Minshew and DJ Chark. The Clyde edwards helaire lean at running back for me kind of pushes me away from Patrick Mahomes, like what Tyler was saying with the cash lineup build. Tyler, are you feeling the same way about Mahomes on the tournament side or do you want to get some of him there?
2: Yeah, I'm definitely going to have some Mahomes exposure in GPPs because I think all of his weapons are in play this week. I like Tyreek Hill. I like Travis Kelsey. I like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And I think they could score six touchdowns. So I'm definitely going to be going overweight Mahomes in GPPs. And they're a team that uh, this year they've been more run-heavy when they get the lead as well. I know we're not too concerned if you know he's already got four or five touchdowns. So I don't think that's too valid of a point. But other quarterbacks I like this week are the quarterbacks in that Falcons and Panthers game. So I like Matt Ryan at 7.7 thousand. 7, I think he's a little bit underpriced in that matchup in the dome. I don't think he's going to have any problems getting 300 yards and multiple scores. I do like Teddy Bridgewater in the same game, 7.1 thousand. And then Ryan Fitzpatrick at 7.1 thousand as well. He's going to have no ownership this week going up against the Niners defense. I just don't think it's really a defense that we have to be fear anymore. I mean, their schedule has been really, really easy so far. Going up against the Jets, going up against the Eagles, it's like I don't think they've really proven themselves as an elite defense uh, once again in 2020. They're they're missing Richard Sherman, they're missing Nick Bosa, their two best defensive players. Like I said, there's gonna be no ownership there, and he's a guy that's averaging over 20 points per game, and he's got an easy stack option uh, in Devontae Parker. The one other guy I had was Kyle Allen, just at 6,000. If he gets you 20 points, you could pretty much play whatever else you want. So I'll be throwing him in there and maybe 5 to 10% of my lineups.
0: Yeah, I didn't realize today until I saw somebody tweet it today, but the Niners have yet to play a team that has won a game at the point where they start the game <laughs> against them.
1: Yeah, but I, I don't think Allen's in play on FanDuel. I just don't think there's enough savings, you know. I like the Fitzpatrick call though. You know he, he's that classic, and everyone was on him last week. He was semi disappointing. Maybe he ends up doing it this week. Um, I like Deshaun Watson for tournaments. Seventy nine hundred bucks. Um, so he gives you pretty, you know, significant savings off the Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott's here. I know we haven't seen it yet, but I still think Watson's upside is similar to those guys. I mean, we'll see what the Bill O'Brien firing means for this offense. Maybe it gives them a spark, but. The matchup's great here. Uh, Football Outsider says the Jags dead last in pass defense. They're 25th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. They're dealing with a bunch of injuries. DJ Hayden, their slot corners on IR now. Uh, CJ Henderson, who's been their top corner so far, is questionable. Linebacker Miles Jack is questionable for this game. So you know, banged, banged up defense, That's not very good to begin with. You know th- This could be the breakout spot for Watson. I kind of thought it was going to come last week, but maybe I was a week early. So I'm going to stay on him this week and you know, hopefully this is it. You got to like the easy stacks too
0: with Watson and Fitzpatrick and Will Fuller and Devontae Parker. I mean, it's not likely that those guys are going to go off without those taking, taking those pass catchers with them. Definitely. Running back for cash, Tyler, what's your favorite here? I think once again,
2: there's four guys in my running back player pool for cash, and that's going to be Ezekiel Elliott up at 9,000, Clyde edwards Lair, 7.9, James Conner at seven, and then Mike Davis at 6.8. So Those are four guys that I really like. It's going to depend on roster construction as it always is. Uh, I think Jared's right. I don't think Zeke is a must play this week, and I might go underweight on him in GPPs, but I really like James Conner. I think he's really underpriced at 7,000. He's seen a really good role the last couple weeks. They've been out there with over 20 touches in each game, and he parlayed that into like 270 yards and two scores. And I just think the Steelers are going to have elevated play volume this week because I'd really see Carson Wentz and the Eagles struggling. So I think it might be a week where James Conner even gets 25, 30 touches. And if that's the case, at 7,000, I think he's going to pay off in a big way. And he'll probably be relatively lower owned in cash and GPPs than those other three guys.
0: Yeah, much lower. I think if I'm building a lineup for 50-50s, I might even uh, pivot to Conner instead of Mike Davis because it's a fine spot for Mike Davis and he's been performing well. But a player is capable of busting any given week. And Mike Davis is going to be owned at a much higher level than Connor. And you mentioned Connor's been doing awesome since week one 67% of Pittsburgh running back carries over the past two weeks, 58% of their running back targets in those games. Philly is not a scary defense in any aspect other than the pass rush at this point. And frankly, that aspect might even motivate Pittsburgh to throw some shorter passes, maybe even target Connor more against a garbage group of linebackers from the Eagles. So I think it's a really good spot for James Connor. So I agree, you know, along with the other players that you mentioned as well. Uh, Jared, what are you favoring?
1: Yeah, I think you guys got it right with um, those names and cash. I'm going to throw in Kareem Hunt though. And I just, the Browns just released their injury report. He was a full go in practice on Friday. Again, not on the final injury report. So I, I think, we're going to see Hunt, you know, get closer to 65, 75% of the running back work this week. Like, I, I think Hunt could be the RB1 in fantasy for as long as Nick Chubb is out. So I think he's underpriced at $7,000. You know, I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire is probably my favorite cash game play, uh, but I think Kareem Hunt would be my second guy in right now.
0: I agree with Clyde Edwards-Alaire as a favorite. I think James Robinson deserves to be mentioned too. You know, we talk plenty about Gardner Minshew and the matchup itself, but The Texans have been giving up big running back numbers. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in week one, Dalvin Cook last week, uh, James Conner in their matchup. So it's a good matchup for James Robinson, who's been controlling the Jacksonville backfield for an offense that's been moving the ball and scoring more points than any of us really expected coming into the season. He's still not priced up too high. So I think
2: he's in the mix there as well. On the GPP side, Tyler, who are your favorites? I like James Robinson as well. The only other two guys I have listed that we didn't mention are Kenyon Drake and Jarek McKinnon. Kenyon Drake's all the way down to 6,000. You know, they're going up against the Jets. They're favored by a touchdown. And I know he's had really good matchups in the past, but Coach uh, Cliff Kingsbury is talking about how they need to to get him in space and get him the ball more. So maybe we have a squeaky wheel situation with Kenyon Drake. Uh, Jarek McKinnon just comes down to whether or not Raheem Mostert plays. If Mostert's out, I think McKinnon's a really good GPP play this week. The only reason I, I didn't consider Kareem Hunt in my cash on FanDuel is because I'm concerned with his workload. With what we saw last week with Darius Johnson getting more carries, I think that's the only reason why I'd consider those other four guys better plays than, than Hunt, and then the matchup as well. I know Darius Leonard's out, but Indianapolis has been really good on both sides of the ball uh, with their pass defense and their rush defense.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, I'm, I'm definitely projecting Hunt into that workload. Like, we didn't see it last week, but, you know, he was limited in practice all week with that groin. And then the, the Browns were, you know, way ahead in that game. I know Dallas made it close late, but I think the scoreboard probably played a part in them limiting Hunt a bit. So, I mean, yeah, there, there's a there's a chance he only gets half of the running back work. Um, but I'd be surprised because it's Kareem freaking Hunt, and then it's, you know, Dearness Johnson and Dontre Hilliard. It would make a lot of sense as long as this game is close for the Browns to, you know, give the vast majority of the work to Hunt. I didn't hear any
0: of that because I've just been sitting here envisioning Kenyon Drake in a $6,000 price tag singing
1: seductively to Tyler, like (laughs) Jessica Rabbit from Who Framed Roger Rabbit? And he's
0: like floating toward it.
1: I can tell you, I'm not going to play Hunt and I'm not going to play Drake at all this week. So
2: that probably helps his chances of, you know, having his breakout game. It's got to come sometime, right? I mean, everyone has drafted him as an RB1 and he's done absolutely nothing this season. So, yeah,
0: we can tell how much Jared's on Kareem Hunt this week because he's naming (laughs) other running backs Hunt.
2: Yeah, I'm
1: I'm all in. I'm all in.
0: I think I want to see if Raheem Mostert's playing in this game. I'm going to be watching the reports on him through the weekend because the 6500 against the Dolphins. I mean, he's got boom potential, and he's likely to carry very low ownership. Uh, I'll be curious to see what his game status is. I don't think we've got that yet, and then what the Sunday morning reports are as far as whether he's ready for the game and like what they plan to give him workload wise.
1: Yep, that makes sense. I have James Conner for my top tourney play. You guys talked about why he's such a good play, especially at this price tag, and he's rejected just 3% ownership. I'd be surprised if he comes in that low on fan share, but I do think you know he's going to be single digits just because there are so many good running back plays in that general area of, of, of the salary range. Tyler,
2: where are you starting at wide receiver for cash? Wide receiver, I think there's two really good plays in the $6,000 price range, and that's Will Fuller at 6.6 and then Robbie Anderson at 6.2. I just think both of those guys are way underpriced. I think both of them have a really good shot at a touchdown. They're both the alphas on their teams, and they both have good matchups. So they check all the boxes for what you want to see in cash. I know Will Fuller has an injury history, but he's way underpriced on FanDuel compared to his price on DraftKings. So anytime that's the case, I, I look to roster those guys. If Will Fuller's price is the uh, wide receiver 16 on FanDuel, but the wide receiver 8 on DraftKings, that'll be a guy I usually look to play in my cash game uh, on the opposing site.
0: Yeah, I certainly agree with those picks. And Robbie Anderson is 6,200. I mean, even if you still consider him and DJ Moore even, here's the difference between Anderson and DJ Moore. And we talked about it on the Thursday podcast. Robbie Anderson is getting the kind of stuff that DJ Moore was getting for them last year. He's got a 9.1-yard average depth of target versus DJ Moore's 12.6. He's got 6.6 yards before catch per reception versus 14.2 for DJ Moore. So Robbie Anderson's the guy that they're throwing short stuff to and giving him room to run after the calf. DJ Moore is the guy that they're targeting deeper downfield, which is just going to lead to less consistency. And Robbie Anderson, even though he only has two more targets on the season so far, 10 more catches. He could have easily added a touchdown or two last week against Arizona, so he could have bigger numbers right now than what he already does have. He's 16th in wide receiver price. I think the weekly usage and production for Anderson so far are more indicative of a guy who's usually in the 7K range on here, so I agree with that.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the lineup I have built right now for our game, and I have uh, Fuller and Anderson in at wide receiver. My third guy is C.D. Lamb. Um, you know, I, 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 I kind of want one of the Cowboys – wide receivers. I obviously prefer Murray Cooper straight up, but um, Cooper's $1,900 more than CD Lamb. I think CD Lamb at 5900 bucks is still underpriced on Fanduel. Okay. Now,
0: can you tell me who you have at running back and tight end as well?
1: I mean, you'll see in uh, 12 hours
0: tomorrow morning. <laughs> That's great. I can open my eyes <laughs> at that point. On the GPP side, Tyler, who are you favoring at wide receiver?
2: I'm surprised Jared went to C.D. Lamb in that price range because I like Darius Slayton and Deontay Johnson just a little bit better, right, in that same price range as C.D. Lamb. Uh, a couple other guys at the upper price range, I have Calvin Ridley, Tyree Kill, and Amari Cooper. So those guys are all um, in, the, in the upper tier at wide receiver, but they're all in good spots. And I think any one of those three guys can break the slate with 100 plus yards and multiple scores. I might be overthinking the Deontay Johnson thing. I'm a little worried about Darius Slay
1: shadowing him. You know, Slay's been really good through the first four weeks. Um, I like Lamb over Slayton. Like Slayton's probably a slightly better target back, but give me the guy on the Cowboys' offense catching passes from Dak Prescott. Um, so I, I think Slayton you know, would be a GPP play only for me. Um, you might be right about Deontay though being a better play than than Lamb. I don't dislike any of those guys. CD Lamb, Michael Gallup,
0: both currently projected under 10% ownership at sub 6K salaries. So I'm con- I'm considering both of those guys. And if I do submit a lineup that has CD Lamb or Michael Gallup in it, I'll probably also submit that same lineup again in the same tournament with you know those wide receivers switched, so that I can get exposure to both of them. I think Lamb's the better bet for targets. But either of those guys could go off in any game, as we've already seen this season. I'll run back Will Fuller if I'm playing a Gardner Minshew, DJ Chark stack, of course, and definitely consider some Tyreek Hill at 8200. Currently projected at single-digit ownership for Hill as well, which is surprising for a guy with his kind of ceiling.
1: Yeah, Hill's the guy I had uh, highlighted for tournaments here. Um, I think anytime you can get Hill at that ownership, it's it's a good play, and especially you know in this matchup against the Raiders. And definitely gives you some exposure to Patrick Mahomes, even if you're not
0: playing Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. Right, Jared. Who are you favoring for cash at tight end?
1: Yeah, Evan Ingram for me. Um, you know, but I obviously prefer to get you know one of the the studs in Kelsey or Kittle. But just the way my lineup's working, it's Evan Ingram at 5,500 bucks. Um, you know, he's obviously disappointed so far, but you know the, the Giants have just faced four really strong defenses. Now they get the Cowboys, um, who are 26th in Fando points allowed to tight ends. And, you know, the the usage has been there for Ingram. He's third among tight ends in targets. He's second among tight ends in pass routes. So I I think he's going to be fine if that continues, you know, once the schedule starts to lighten up now.
0: Yeah. I like Evan Ingram at 5,500. I also like uh, Dalton Schultz at 5,300. I think there's upside to both of those guys. I think there's nice floors for both of them in the matchup. You know, you don't want to include Dalton Schultz in the group, but he's sixth among all tight ends and targets. So the work has been there. His offense is number one in yardage. It's number three in scoring. So obviously he's as good a bet as pretty much anybody else to score some points relative to salary and Ingram, as we've mentioned before, leads the giants in targets. So Opportunity should be there for both of those guys. I think they're both also in play for GPPs, but I think we're probably going to be looking at more of the
2: expensive guys in that format. What do you think, Tyler? I'm definitely going to play George Kittle in cash. Uh, I think he's the most mispriced guy on the entire slate on FanDuel. There's no reason he should be $700 cheaper than Travis Kelsey and $400 cheaper cheaper than Mark Andrews. I do like guys as well, but Kittle definitely should be probably the highest priced tight on. I think he's the best player in football besides maybe Alvin Kamara. Um, I do like Evan Ingram as well. And then I wanted to dig in a little bit on the routes run for Mo Alley-Cox because I think he has a really good matchup against that Browns defense. And I know he only had two targets last week, but I just want to dig into his snap share and you know, how many routes he's running compared to Jack Doyle. But uh, I think he's in play and he'll see no ownership with Evan Ingram and Dalton Schultz in the same price range.
1: Yeah, I can tell you Mo'ella Cox did not run many routes. It was it was single digits for the second straight game. Trey Burton and Jack Doyle ran more pass routes than him last week, which sucks. You know, it's one of those things. Like, what are the Colts doing? Because Allie Cox has been awesome every chance he's gotten this season. But you know, for me, he's not in play until we see him. You know, on the field and and running more routes.
2: Yeah, definitely. And then the only other guy I had down was uh, Darren Waller he should see a bunch of targets in a game where they're probably going to be getting trucked by the chiefs. I can see him having, you know, only one or two catches for 10, 15 yards at halftime. And then just completely going off in the fourth quarter when the chiefs are playing uh cover two deep safeties and just giving up everything in the middle of the field. So he he's going to be a guy that, you know, can go off in garbage time, but those fantasy points count as well. So in game stacks, I'll probably be running it back with Darren. Walker.
0: Who do you like on the GPP
2: side of tight end?
1: Yeah, definitely these expensive guys that Tyler's been talking about. I, I kind of prefer Travis Kelsey, actually. You know, I, I, He's like my top-ranked tight end for the week. If you made me bet who's going to score the most points at tight end, I'd bet Travis Kelsey. He's 700 bucks more than Kittle on Fanduel. I also think that's going to keep Kelsey's ownership down. You know, I I, think, I wouldn't be surprised if Kittle's like twice his own as Kelsey this week. Yeah,
0: I certainly won't argue against any of those expensive guys. I was hoping that Eric Ebron at 5100 was going to be sneakier, but he's currently projected a 12.4% ownership. We'll see if that holds. I'll be curious to check that over the weekend. It's not going to keep me from considering him, though. I think at 5,100, he is close to um, the guys up at the higher end in terms of upside versus how much you're paying for him. The Eagles have allowed the third most PPR points per game to the position. I like all five of the top options in our fan dual dollars per point projections on the site this week. So it's just going to be a matter of playing around with the different lineup builds and seeing what works the best overall. Yep. Over at Flex, I mean, we talked about it on the DraftKings show, but I think – also here, it really looks like a week where I might play two tight ends. Evan Ingram, Dalton Schultz, Eric Ebron are all priced like low-end running backs and all pretty good bets for opportunities and scoring chances here. You know, Ebron less so than the other two, but certainly there's big upside, as I just mentioned, to his matchup. And then George Kittle, Travis Kelsey are priced like mid-level running backs.
1: Yeah, I mean, I still think you want to go three RBs in cash. Um, you know, we've talked about there's plenty of good options this week. Um, but, but in tournaments, I think double tight end makes sense. I don't have anything
2: at flex uh, outside of the guys we've talked about already. Tyler, you got any other notes to add at flex? No, not really. It's going to be a similar approach for me. It's mostly going to be a running back at the flex and then double tight end as well. Uh, we talked a lot about the running backs. I'm not as high on the receivers this week. Feel pretty good about the running back and tight end position. So that's where I'm going to be going in flex this week.
1: Defense, Jared, what do you like? I'm paying up, boys. Steelers. What? 4,400 bucks. I mean, the Steelers should be 5,000. Um, so I, I think they're underpriced. Um, you know, it's it's doable to fit them in a lineup. Just, just a great spot. You know, Pittsburgh leads the league with five sacks per game. Um, Bengals or the sorry, the Eagles O line still super banged up. Uh, Philly is twentieth in adjusted sack rate allowed. And Carson Wentz when pressured this season, averaging two point three yards per pass attempt when pressured. So it's it's just it's a bad spot. Steelers have a ton of upside. And Again, I think they're 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 too cheap, even if they are more expensive than I usually like to go with defense. I agree, Tyler. What about you?
2: Yeah, I like the Steelers for cash a lot as well. Uh, I think they're really mispriced at $4,400. they are priced as the defense number five on Fanduel, which doesn't make much sense to me. If I'm not playing Pittsburgh, I do like Baltimore and the 49ers as well. I think maybe the most mispriced defense on Fanduel is Dallas Cowboys sitting down at 3500 Matt mentioned it on the DraftKings podcast. Daniel Jones is definitely a turnover-prone guy. And if Dallas builds up a big lead, multi-touchdown lead, you know they're going to just pin their ears back and get after Daniel Jones. He's extremely turnover-prone with fumbles and interceptions, and that's what we like with our defenses. And that's another situation where they're priced much uh, more expensive on DraftKings compared to their salary over on FanDuel.
0: Yeah, I agree with all that. I agree with the Steelers. I agree with the Dallas being the pay-down option. So I guess we'll just move on to the new feature that we're go- that we're rolling out this week, and that's Tyler closing out the show with some favorite bets for those of you who like to play that marketplace as well. Tyler, what do you like for Week 5?
2: So it's going to be another six-point teaser. I gave one out on the DraftKings podcast. So for those of you who don't know, a six-point teaser, basically you add six points to whatever you're teasing it with. So I'm going to tease the Carolina Panthers up to plus 7.5 on the road against the Falcons. So as long as the Panthers don't lose by eight points or more, we win our bet there. And I'm gonna parlay that with the six point teaser on the under in the Eagles and the Steelers game. So the over under is 44 and a half. Six point teaser brings it up to 50.5. So as long as the Panthers cover the seven and a half and the Steelers Eagles doesn't eclipse 51 points. We win our bet. I just feel pretty good about Carolina's chances outright. So if you could give me seven and a half points, I feel pretty good about that. And then the other side, I just, I mean, I think the Steelers offense is going to have some success going up against the Eagles defense. I think the Steelers are going to win the game, but I just can't see uh, Philadelphia doing much of anything. I don't think they're going to score over 20 points. And I don't think the Steelers are going to like have this massive offensive explosion. So I feel pretty good about under, 50.5
0: that's gonna do it for this week five fan duel podcast head over to draftsharks.com now to get your cash game recommendations from kevin to get some tournament picks from tyler who will also present his favorite stacking options for the weekend check out the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the ds projections fan share ownership projections and imported player salaries and come saturday morning we will show you who we're playing against each other in round five of the shark duel see if i can finally pull one out but don't bet on it. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at Draft Sharks. Jared is at Smola DS. Tyler is at Tyler Syracuse with an I. And I am at ShaufDS. DS. It's S-C-H-A-U-F for Jared Smola, Tyler Syracuse, and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew. I'm Matt Shauf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.